Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 261. This episode is with the CEO of Chimera, Tim Brownstone. Tim came on and we spoke about the science behind infrared technology and the research that is going on in this area as well. We spoke about how infrared, infrared technology compares to other recovery modalities as well. Tim then talked about some of the case studies that Chimera have done with some of their clients, how to individualize recovery, recovery strategies for the individual within a team setting. We spoke about marginal gains and also how to integrate infrared technology alongside existing protocols that you might be using at your club as well. So hopefully some real practical applications that you can take away and apply to the work that you're doing with your players. This is actually one of a few episodes coming very soon around recovery, which I think is a really key topic this time of year after quite a few fixtures recently um, and players get into quite a busy schedule. So hopefully you take plenty away that you can apply within your setting and with your, within your team at this time of year where it's really important, where players are constantly having to recover for the next game. Just before we get into the episode, I just want to highlight our next networking event that has been confirmed now on Wednesday the 8th of November from 6 till 9pm. We are going to be at Football Strength Conditioning and Rehabilitation at Battersea and we've got two brilliant speakers for the evening. Really excited to see these guys speak. We've got Sam Portland who's the founder of Speed by Sportland alongside Sam Peeps who's a strength conditioning coach. Both absolutely brilliant practitioners. Make sure you go and check out their work over on Instagram um, keep an eye on what they've got going on and I'm really excited to see the guys speak and also to catch up with anyone that's going to be coming to the event um, and networking with everyone down there so that's Wednesday the 8th of November as this podcast goes out there are still early bird tickets available for this event so if you're keen on coming to the event make sure you go to footballfitfed.com and click the shop tab and then networking events you'll be able to get some early bird tickets there and just a pointer on that as well, we have now put on a two-ticket bundle. So if you are coming with a friend, a colleague, a family member, make sure you check out the two-ticket bundle because that gives you two tickets slightly cheaper than buying two single tickets. That is available in, at the same point on the website. I've just done a live check on some of the reviews that we have got both on iTunes or the podcast app. And also over on Spotify as well. Our Spotify reviews are now up to 106 five stars, which is amazing. So thank you very much to everyone that's left a five star um, on the Spotify. If you are listening on Spotify though, it literally takes two seconds. So go up to the top of the podcast, click the five stars. It, it massively helps us out. But our iTunes is lagging a little bit behind. We've been stuck on 90 for quite a while now. Um, the last po- The last review was way back in March. So if you listen on iTunes, please leave us a review. I'd love to get a few more on there. I want to try and get it over to over 100. Um, it just needs to be a short comment and then click the five stars. It will massively help us out and I'll keep an eye out for anyone that leaves one over the next few weeks. Just before we get into the episode, I want to say a massive thank you to our sponsors, The Good Prep. The Good Prep is a meal prep delivery service that provides fresh, ready-to-eat, chef-cut meals straight to your door. They offer meal plans tailored to your personal goals, current activity level, and schedule. The Good Prep works closely with elite-level athletes and corporates to develop meal solutions that meet the ever-changing demands of performance and training. Their clients include Brighton & Hove Albion, the PGMOL, Commonwealth Teams, Gymshark, and many more. Their meals are full of all the nutrients you need to keep you in peak performance so you can achieve every goal you set. Plus, you can reclaim your time, eat better, move more, and reduce food waste too. Their meal plans are designed to guide you through your journey to a healthier you. Take the guesswork out of healthy eating and discover the power of nutrition at thegoodprep.com and make sure you use the code FFF15 for 15% off your first order. Also, a huge thank you to Hytro. Have you ever tried blood flow restriction training? For pro sport teams and athletes, Hytro is the only performance BFR brand to create pressure-validated BFR wearables that are practical, safe, and scalable. 
allowing you to enhance recovery and maximize athletic potential like never before. Whether in the changing room post-game, during away game travel, in the hotel or at home, Hytro has created a simple and effective tool that allows BFR to be delivered to athletes and squads simultaneously and safely. Check them out at hytro.com or you can email teamsales at hytro.com to find out how Hytro BFR can give your squad a competitive edge. Also, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Rezzle. Make sure to go and check them out at Rezzle over on socials, doing some brilliant work in the world of VR. And we'll get into episode 261 with the CEO of Chimera, Tim Brownstone. Rezzle is the world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Whatever your team, your sport, your ability, improve your game and train like a pro. Reactions, performance, accuracy, stamina, resilience. Train at home in the Rezzle Sports and Fitness VR Training Arena. Search Rezzle, R-E-Z-Z-I-L. The world's number one virtual reality sports trainer. Available now on MetaQuest. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 261. I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Tim Brownstone. Tim is the CEO at Chimera. Tim, how are we doing? Doing very well, mate. Thank you. And yourself? Yes, I'm very good. Thank you, Tim. Tim, if, if people haven't heard of yourself and Chimera, will you give a little bit of background, firstly on yourself, but also the company as well? Absolutely. So um, I guess starting with myself, I'm a biochemist by academic background, ended up specialising in a field called photobiological wound healing, uh, i.e. I was using different frequencies of light and seeing how that stimulated cell growth. And then I ended up specialising in, excuse me, infrared as my sort of specific form of uh, the EM spectrum. And then I don't know whether to say for my sins or, uh, you know, for, for, for whatever reasons compounded, final year of university, I decided that rather than going down the PhD route, I was impatient to see the technology out there and helping folks. So I had a background as an athlete in a number of different sports. So I sprinted to a low international level as a junior, uh, competed as a lightweight rower, and then also an equestrian sport. So I I knew all, all along through five years worth of research that there were applications in performance sport, but I kind of thought someone else would get there and, you know, would be applying it. So, you know, I, I just stuck to the lab side of things. And, uh, you know, the story of Chimera really came about to bring the technology I've been working on and get it into the hands of people it was going to start helping. And, uh, you know, almost a decade later, here we are. Brilliant. So what does your role look like now then, Tim? So day to day to day, I tend to be either client facing, so working with our sort of larger customers across the UK and US predominantly, time spent with investors, but then also, you know, I find it hard to let the research go because it's a person, it's a passion of mine. So while I may not be doing the research on a day to day basis, very much involved with different academic partners, such as University of Loughborough, where we've got uh, a three-year research program going. Some others, you know, within clients of ours that are, you know, buying using Chimera and working out, kind of getting that kind of case study data back. Um, and then our newer innovations, which uh, if we get time, we can come on to at the end. But uh, you know, just sort of having a finger in there, because I said it, it keep, keeps me passionate knowing that we are continuing to add value for uh, for our customers. Brilliant. I know a lot of people say, if you know a topic, you need to be able to describe it to six-year-olds. And this, I am now the six-year-old, Tim. So in terms of the <laughs> infrared technology, can you give a little bit of the science behind that to start with? Yeah, so I guess if we start with kind of how do we get the infrared, and I can cover other sources for you within that, and then kind of what does that do for the user? So in terms of the how do we get it, you've got different forms. So if you're an early riser, you can get some infrared from sunlight in sort of the, the dawn hours as the sun is lower in the horizon, the way that the atmosphere filters out different light levels, you get good doses of infrared. That can be really good for things like melatonin production. 
likewise at the end of the day towards dusk. Then you've got sources like infrared saunas. They're probably the most common one that folks have come across in the past. Um, and then you have other electronic sources. So you can have like light banks that will give you targeted emissions of infrared. And then you have sources like the ones that we've developed at Chimera, whereby we've actually built the technology into the materials that make our clothing itself so that it can be you know, taken with you anywhere in the world. In terms of the benefits of that infrared, there are benefits from the amount of IR and then obviously the peak emission zones that you're going to be getting um, based on sort of biological responses. From a high-level standpoint, and you know, keeping within kind of the sporting realm, you've got the ability to <clears throat> accelerate kind of recovery processes post-exercise, but likewise to prime the individual for that exercise to reduce likelihood of injury occurrence. There are some direct performance enhancing benefits that you know we've come across in both anecdotal data coming from clients, but also some of the clinical data that's been published in peer review. And then newer areas we're looking into are actually compounding benefits, not where it's isolated just to the IR, but it's actually making something that's already beneficial even better. So, for example, we've had um, University of Texas run a study on our sleep products and found a 15.9% improvement in sleep quality from athletes that were sleeping in Chimera. Now, sleep's already going to be good for you. But that's an example of making something that's good for you already even greater and come from the IR exposure. If you want me to go heavy into the science, I'm more than happy to. But trying to keep it to your six-year-old level, that's kind of the, the high level of it. <laughs> now, that is great for me, Tim. But I understand there's probably a few practitioners that have got a little bit more knowledge on the area. So I'd love for you to add another layer onto that, if you could. Absolutely. So speaking biochemically, the... The benefits that we know of, and I, you know, I stress the work that we know of because I've been in the field now for 15, 16 years, and we're still, you know, discovering new and interesting things that we, you know, hadn't come across. And I love it when I get surprised because, you know, it, it's something that's fascinating and interesting. So for that we know of, you can broadly group them into a couple of different pathways. So you've got pathway one which comes down to the increased production of nitric oxide. For any of the listeners, I doubt there are many, but if there are any listeners that don't know what nitric oxide is, it's a cell signal, signaling chemical. Uh, it's, you know, it's heralded as a, a, a wonder chemical for the different benefits it can have on the body. In terms of the benefits we see applying it to both sporting and non-sporting benefits, uh, that's dilation, so increasing the uh, blood vessel volumes, allowing for the freer flow of blood to and from muscle cells, for example. Same effect on the lymphatic system, which allows us to accelerate lymphatic drainage. Um, it's involved in the relaxation of skeletal muscle tissue. So it's not going to mean that if you've got a knot in your shoulder and you put on a chimera hoodie like I'm wearing, or indeed if you go into an infrared sauna, all of a sudden that knot's going to disappear, but it can help to make the muscles more supple and therefore less likely to get that knot in the first place. And then one of the newer not newer areas, per se, but the area that we have some ongoing research in as it pertains to nitric oxide levels, um, nitric oxide is involved in an analgesic effect, which is the same pathway as if taking an opiate. Now, it's nowhere near as potent from a source like Chimera or from you know, any other infrared source. But it's effective for long-term kind of chronic pain reduction. So we've seen reduction in muscle soreness of up to so 25% coming from longitudinal data sets from our customers. And you know, that's from applying it across kind of round the clock. And then in isolated instances, we see that fall to about 15%, but it's still quite a significant reduction, whether that's in laid on set muscle soreness or DOMS, or indeed whether that's into kind of chronic management, so tendinopathy, for example. <laughs> so that's kind of your first grouping. And then the second one comes into uh, the mitochondria. So again, just giving the six-year-old description, the mitochondria being the cell's power plants, 
I'm sure most of your audience, again, if not all of them, already know well and truly what mitochondria is and probably more than I do. Um, but we see the IAR having multiple effects within the mitochondria. So one big one is the activation of cytochrome C oxidase. So that's the last of the transmembrane, sorry, second to last of the big gateway proteins that are involved in ATP production. Um, so by basically opening the gates on cytochrome C oxidase, we see ADP phosphorylation being accelerated, more chemical units of energy going to the cells. Interestingly, sort of new clinical data is showing that longitudinal applications yield increase a con consistent increase in mitochondrial biogenesis. So that's the activity in the formation of new mitochondria. So from an athletic standpoint, you know, it is quite, quite clear in terms of how that can benefit one's fitness in you know performance whether that's in an anaerobic or an aerobic capacity but also very interesting for healthy aging because one of the big issues with aging is as our mitochondrial level drops you know we are therefore more fatigued more easily etc so we're investigating well actually how could this be applied to benefit in aging populations not just on a sporting sense um and then the final bit which falls back into kind of my academic background is while the mitochondrial plays into the cellular process, um, you know, there are a number of other kind of compounding benefits that yield accelerated rates of cellular replication, healing. Um, and, you know, we see <clears throat> damage to tissue healing at between 140 to 210 percent accelerated rate, dependence on tissue type with the frequency of IR that, that we work within. Um, so that's to stress that's not clinical data coming from chimera gear, but it's clinical data from the sort of the the subject experts in the field over the last 15 years or so with the same frequencies of light that chimeras products emit or that you can say you can achieve from other sources prior. And I'll pause there because I've put a lot of information your way and uh, give you a chance if you want to ask any questions or anything on that. No, that's a brilliant breakdown. I just wanted to ask in terms of the other re recovery protocols that firstly that are out there, but also that are really popular, especially within football. How would you say that compares to those? So I think big thing is to stress that you, we don't preach that it's chimera or there are plenty of modalities where it can be chimera and so You've got someone using a compression boot, for example, stick a pair of our tights on underneath, and the chimera leggings are going to make the compression boot that much more effective because you're going to be getting that vasodilation to allow the blood movement more freely. Um, the biggest thing that I'd say we're able to give versus the majority of other recovery technologies or modalities is that we can be used Chimera's products, at least, can be used anywhere, anytime, and there isn't a limit on how long to use it. So, unlike a cryo chamber where you're in there for as little time as you, you know, as, as you can be, for example, or even even your compression boot, you're only using that in a fixed location because you can't move. Whereas the big thing for us, and the way that we develop technologies as a business, is getting out of the infrared. And just more generally is we choose to build it into clothing because then you can walk the dog, you can go to the shops, you can go on a date, you know, you can get on with your life. It's not just about the hours that you're an athlete is at the training center, but it's the 18 to 20 hours that they're not. And if we can build in that benefit around the clock, like the outcome of that, especially when you're looking at athlete availability, just it really ratchets up. You just mentioned there about some of the protocols that can sort of be combined with Chimera. Is there anything else, especially some of the common ones that might be used at clubs? Yeah, so to be honest, the only one that we speak to is, you know, <clears throat> do these sequentially rather than together is when you're looking for a vasoconstrictive application because we are triggering vasodilation. Now, we haven't gone and clinically tested that because we're the 
exposure to infrared is not going to inhibit, for example, the constriction you're going to get in a cryo treatment because it doesn't override you know, the, the body's natural processes per se. Um, but it just makes logical sense to not have the two running in parallel. So that kind of thing we'd say use in sequence. So you can still argue that that's in combination, but you know it's a sequential run rather than both at the same time. Um, other than that, you know, really anything. So if you're using some percussion therapy, fine, do it in IR as well. If you're having, you know, massage, fair enough. You may not have the site covered when you're actually receiving the massage, but straight on, straight on afterwards, for example, be wearing it on the legs while the upper body's been worked on. Um, so there's, as, as I mentioned, there's only really the vasoconstrictive ones that we just sort of say doesn't really make sense to do them in parallel. Everything else, you know, there, there are enough different variants of our products now that we can give you the site specificity if that's what's needed or total body coverage, you know, if, if that's what's needed. And it also comes down to what's best for the athlete. You know, if they've got chronic hamstring issues you're probably going to want to try and have them covered in a pair of shorts or a pair of leggings as much as possible if they're working you know with just achilles tendinopathy then you can just have them in a pair of socks and be targeting the benefit that way instead that's one thing i was going to say about the individual within a team because i'm sure you found it being in contact with especially footballers that and especially more experienced players is they seem to have a recovery, whether it's one modality or a few modalities that they lean to, and that's their recovery method. And you, across a squad, you can probably name 20 different approaches that each player's taking, whether that's through experience, just whether that's through just it's a bit of routine and it makes them feel good. So how do you factor that in? These individuals, they've all got different approaches. They've all got different maybe perspectives on things. How do you factor that in? So... <clears throat> Through a couple of different steps, the I guess one of the first things is that many of our clients are one of the things they're trying to do is start standardizing some of the proactive tools that they're taking. So that's not to say that if an athlete really wants something, they're not going to get something that's individualized based on their preference, but it's that the team or organization is recognizing that actually having some of these standardized processes proactively can allow us just to get ahead of and mitigate against risk of injury, for example. So many of you know many of our customers are there. Likewise, many of our customers, the reason that they don't have that standardized you know, things that work for everybody is because they're using tools that compliance isn't great for, whether that's because it's a pair of really tight graduated compression tights that are uncomfortable for long-term usage or whether it's because you know some athletes like hot and warm others like cold and cryo you know and, and there's preference there <clears throat> so for example last season i think the lowest compliance rate that we had a team feedback to us for was 83 percent but what we were replacing the season before there was a 34 percent compliance across that season that was a mls team in the us so that proactive application is often one of the points that we introduce at. The second is that, you know, we love to educate, whether it's the practitioners that we're working with on the staffing side, the coaches, and, you know, wherever possible, the athletes too. Like, we just love to speak about the science and the technologies we've developed. So quite often we'll be invited by the team to either do some continued professional development sessions for the staff, and likewise, you know, if if they then want us to come in, we'll run something for the players. Now, maybe pitch different levels and we'll allow the players to dictate a bit more kind of how heavily we go on science. But from our standpoint, you know, knowledge is power. And if the teams, the athletes understand, like, why am I using that? Generally speaking, you know, there's the uptake is that much easier. And then the final thing that we look to do is especially if we're introducing like this core, which is typically the, the core package, if you will, is a recovery pack that's generally centered for most sports on the lower torso coverage. So things like our recovery leggings and our uh, socks, for example. Um, 
when we're starting out with a new team, we sort of say for the first two weeks to the SNCs and the med staff, for example, just remind players, you know, put their recovery types on for the first two weeks because that's enough time for it to then be player-led because they don't ache as much all of a sudden. You know, they their legs aren't feeling as dead when they come to the next session. And usually within that two-week block, you know, if we've started out with a recovery modality, for example, that's enough time also for kind of player experimentation. So you'll start seeing players wearing them to the weight room, for example, because it doesn't take long to say, okay, well, my legs feel better when I'm recovering in these. I wonder if they feel even better if I train in them as well. Um, and then thereafter, we then see kind of the extended applications where that individualization comes in. Player X, you know, really wants some shorts because they want to wear them in-game. Player Y, you know, really wants to try out the pyjamas or the bed sheets. You know, we, we tend to kind of get that exploration then coming from the player-driven rather than because the team's mandating it. We've just been putting together our plan, our content plan for the community over the next few months, taking us up to the new year. We've got some really exciting stuff to come. We've got plenty of webinars to come over the next few months, up October to December, and then also loads of presentations. So we've got presentations from Ben Sutcliffe and Chris Skitt from Shrewsbury Town. Also the presentations from our event at um, down at Battersea from Sam Portland and Sam Peeps, they'll be uploaded onto the community as well. And another event that will be announced hopefully very soon, the presentations from that will be uploaded too. So loads of amazing stuff coming for the community members. If you're not already a member, make sure you go to footballfitfed.com click the community tab, sign yourself up there and it'll give you a 30-day free trial on the community so you can see some of the content that's already available on there. Once you've done your free trial, you'll become a full paid member of the site and you will get full access to our members WhatsApp group and joining some of the amazing discussions that go on in that WhatsApp group as well, as well as getting continued access to all the content that's on there now and the content that's going to be coming over the next few months too. So make sure you go and check it out footballfitfed.com click the community tab and sign yourself up there here's part two of the podcast with tim brownstone yeah i love that i think in turn i just want to pick up on that adherence because i think you've mentioned it there through the education and i suppose the, the speed of getting players to um buy into using things consistently initially that's obviously where you're getting that adherence and that raising adherence but is there anything else especially for coaches listening, if they're like, right, we've got this recovery method we want to use, but players just aren't sticking to it. Our adherence is right down, like you said, 30%, 20%, whatever it is. Is there anything else you'd advise coaches on in terms of trying to increase that? I, I mean, the, the, the culture of that knowledge is power, the understanding, like I'd say that's really is core. But you know, beyond that, you also you need to have effective modalities. And so if you're looking for something new to apply within a given squad, then if if it's got your buy-in and you're using it yourself, you can speak personally to the benefit. That's one of the most powerful things, you know, coming back to both that culture and the efficacy. Because you can speak from your personal experience. It's not about, oh, yeah, the, the sales rep told us this, but it's actually, I don't know, we've <laughs> we've got one guy that we work with who's an ex-professional uh, baseball player and American footballer. And when we first started working with him, you know, he got himself some chimera to test out and things. And he, he said within, I think it was two nights of using it, he gave me a call. He said, for the 20 years... I've had to start my day with kind of a, a shoulder and neck massage because I, I just, I'm immobile when I wake up. And for the first time in 20 years, I haven't had to do that. And that's like, that's huge for me. Likewise, we've been doing athlete education sessions and the, you know, the athletes invariably say, hey, coach, coach, what do you think? And one session, I was doing it and coach plus three of the assistant coaches pulled up their track suits and they had chimera leggings on underneath. And so that kind of messaging of it's not just for you guys, we're practicing what we're advising here. You know, that's 
that's really big. And you know, again, within coaching staff, you're going to have preferences. So just telling that story from the personal side is really big. Plus the fact that, you know, often the focus is on the athlete because the athlete is the performing part on, you know, on the, on the actual competition day, but the staff are traveling just as much as the athletes are. The staff are on their feet, you know, as much, if not more than the athletes are maybe not getting as much wattage, you know, from their exertion, but they're still on their feet on the pitch, on the side of the pitch in the gym. And so from our perspective, you know, we are technology and we don't discriminate in terms of who could benefit from infrared because as far as we see it, everybody within the organization can. Yeah, 100%. I think with anything like this as well, obviously the education is crucial, isn't it? But it's also ease of use and accessibility for players, isn't it? That, mm -hmm. Like you say, if you're asking players to change a routine massively, then it's going to be a much harder sell for anything that you're trying to introduce that's that's fairly minimal or seems minimal for them. I think that's that's the key, isn't it, in, in getting this change in, I suppose, changing habit and routine, isn't it? That's a big part of it. Well, no, that's that's it. And, you know, the one of the unofficial kind of internal uh, ethos that we have is literally make it as simple as getting dressed or yeah. in the bed, for instance, just go to bed. Um but likewise, you're building in what we were talking about in the previous answer, and uh, not to get too marketing here, but you know we're 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 currently running a campaign called "Warn to Be Believed," and you know really that is because folks often will look at a piece of clothing and because it doesn't look any different to the naked eye, it's quite easy to dismiss, and that, that's by design. You know we don't want it to be in your face. We just want the technology to be there taking care of the athlete in the background. And as you say, minimizing that disruption, just it remove it doesn't necessarily um improve outcomes if the tech didn't work, but it does at least re reduce the barrier to starting to use it. And then the one thing that you'll never see us doing at least is pushing for kind of match day usage, because that has to be player led. You know, a lot of Crimea's team are either current sort of amateur or semi-pro athletes, or we were athletes at one point. Sadly, I'm in the we were category. Um, but, you know, we understand the mindset of if we were to ask for a forced change for something that you might have been doing a particular way for 20 odd years, psychologically, that could go against all the benefits that we're trying to, you know, provide physiologically. But we also know that in our instance, we can say that in the safety that many of those athletes will ask, can I get some match day kit here, you know, without logos, et cetera, because the technology does what we say it does on the tin. But the big part of that is getting that belief and buying from the player, isn't it? I suppose to get to that point, Absolutely. like you say, to change that routine around a match day is going to be well, a, a harder sell, I imagine, than, than every other day. But if they get to that point, they're obviously feeling some real benefit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's brilliant. In terms of education then for the coaches, because like you've mentioned there, that the coaches are vital, aren't they, for anything you're trying to implement within a programme. If you've got any resistance from the coaching side or, or I suppose lack of full buy-in and belief from the coaching side, that's going to rub onto players. So... Mm -hmm. How do you go about that in terms of upskilling the coaches and maybe what are some of the key areas you felt like you needed to focus on with coach education development? Yeah. So I'd say the coaches are probably the one of the areas where we have the biggest variance in time, kind of the either time we can get with them because you know the, the time is scarce and also the information that that they want in the sense that I've had some coaches who are, you know, sports scientists academically and they're really information hungry. We've had others that have maybe come into coaching through the sort of being players themselves and aren't as, you know, it's not that they're less scientifically literate, but they're just, you know, that's not their main focus. They might be more interested in usability, for example. Um, and we go about it in a couple of different ways. Sometimes it's through training up the, sort of strength and conditioning staff, medical staff, whom then educate 
the coaching staff without us kind of having that direct session. Other times we'll run just coaching staff sessions where we will be led more by the um, the applied benefit. So what does it actually mean to the athlete in terms of performance effects, recovery effects? And then we go into the science you know, based on the questions that we're getting. Um, and other times it's more it's on a more one-to-one -one basis. You know, we might be introduced to, or we might reach out to a specific coach. Um, and you know, it will be on that kind of more one-to-one -one level. And then he or she will take us to the wider team because they then want that to be, you know, transmitted around the organization. Yeah, it's de it's definitely needed, isn't it? To you've got to create that buying from those practitioners to to spread that word haven't you so i think it's really important i think we spoke about it a few times in terms of education for coaches in a number of different topics and this seems like it's the same in terms of getting to the right people yeah absolutely but you know i think that he from our standpoint and many others you know in the industry that are in my personal opinion kind of doing it the right way for those that are listening rather than seeing them air quoted there um but getting that buy-in because you have understanding is just it's a really powerful thing because then it gives an informed choice into you know why you would do this and yes okay using our particular products a very low low barrier to entry but you know it still should be an informed choice for the athlete for it to become athlete driven when you're interacting with players, or maybe this is through the coaches as well, on getting the feedback and maybe even tying in some of the research that you're doing as well, how does that look? Is that through wellbeing questionnaires? Like what actual feedback are you getting from the players and the athletes? Yeah, so typically speaking, if we're doing it with the players themselves, um, it's often more subjective. So they're feeding back, you know, and we'll either get, quotes that are sent to us via the practitioners or you know we also get players that will post about us on instagram or they'll reach out to us directly to say thanks because you know we've, we've made a really big impact for them help them to come back from injury in you know less time or we've helped them stop getting injured when they previously would be um so in those instances you know we can collect those quotes and you know we started they get shared internally and and in discussions we'd never you know take a someone's quote and then share it online without their permission which sometimes we do you know say we really love that would you be happy for us to reshare it um and then in a more formal structure not all but many of the teams that we work with because you know they want to monitor what's the effect of this will then share that information with us generally speaking the kind of statistics etc that we're able to then share are within the recovery sphere because the performance you know side if we're if we're getting shared that is kept quite tight under lock and key because it's the secret source um and how it's collected wherever possible from our end it's a objective and b it's using existing methods so we're not introducing an, you know an, a barrier again because we're asking for a different kind of monitoring solution so to give you like a real recent hot off the press, we've had within our network, obviously we work with a lot of sports scientists and over the last uh, few months, some of them have been doing some just sort of anecdotal data collection, looking into comparing their recovery scores with their given monitors. So I think most of them were either whoop bands or uh, aura rings. And we saw, a, I think it was a, most were a 10 to 12% increase in the recovery score when recovering in chimera versus the you know, normal um so that's one area where we'd say this is you know really anecdotal it's quite low uh participant numbers so it's indicative other areas we've got teams such as an international rugby team that is in the semi-finals of the world cup they cannot <laughs> specify who um you know we have a five-year data set from them from the recovery side so in that instance, that's a really powerful data set because it's a really long period of data collection. Um, you know, we don't have all the day-by-day -day numbers, but we have the, you know, the the output metrics that come from them. And then we have some customers that I mentioned the sleep study earlier, 
where they have specifically gone and conducted applied research. So it's not necessarily clinical and um, you know, controlling every variable like you would in a lab, but it's applied with real life athletes. And then they've, you know, it's taken a proper experimental design and scientific method to that data collection. And they fed that back to us. Then we have all the clinical data, which is fully, you know, conducted clinically with controlled variables and ideally have gone through peer review. And I know you've mentioned some already, but is there any research, any other research that you think would be um, good for the listeners to hear in terms of some of the, the case studies and the research that you've done recently? So in terms of case studies, the um, the international rugby team, they saw over this five-year period a average 25% reduction in perceived pain scores from a holistic application across the day, a 33% improvement in mobility scores, and then we helped them to achieve a 80, 80% reduction in musculoskeletal injuries. Um, so that's one set that we're sort of really proud of because reducing injured athletes is very dear to all of our hearts. You know, there's no point in giving an athlete an extra gear, which can break them quicker. Um, the sleep study I mentioned was a 15.9% improvement in sleep quality, which was collected using fatigue science sleep bands. Um, which So that was an average of five different data points that that measures. And then they also combined that with daily wellness surveys where they saw a, I think it was a 14.9% reduction in perceived muscle soreness. And go figure, because the athletes were sleeping better and they didn't ache as much, the morale score, I think, improved by something like 13.6%. Um, so those are some examples on the anecdotal side of things. On the recovery end, going more into kind of the um, applied side, we have a coach up in Scotland who's a cycling and triathlon coach, and he's been putting athletes, I think he's put about 25 athletes through this protocol doing an interval session, comparing with Chimera versus their standard kit. Again, it's anecdotal because he wasn't controlling for sleep or nutrition or anything, um, but the average reduction, sorry, when in the resting phase between the intervals, the athletes, when wearing Chimera, were at an average of 10 beats per minute lower heart rate than they did in their standard cycling gear, um, indicative of sort of cardiovascular recovery being accelerated that much. Um, and then, as a performance-wise, that's probably the only one that I can speak about, not so necessarily that we've seen. Um, from the collating performance data that comes into us that we're then told you know this is only for you guys to see in terms of giving you and your listeners an indication of what does it do on a performance end for an endurance athlete it might have you know this is like first time usage so no physiological adaptions occurred might have a slight elevation in speed or wattage whatever your kind of why axis metric is but the big difference comes into extending the peak performance zone of the athlete and reducing the late session fatigue for your kind of power-based athlete we think that the benefits come from actually reducing maximizing the rest phase as i spoke to with the cycling data between bouts of exercise so for a power endurance athlete like a footballer between you know sprints up and down the pitch for example that rest phase is going to be improved, which means that the in-session fatigue is reduced and therefore kind of the endurance across a game, across a training session, you know, is, is increased. Um, and then we have to date, uh, I say we we and our technology partners, because I um, work for the Californian company to uh, called uh, Polygenics to develop the uh, the materials that we, that we use in our products. Um, there are 10 peer-reviewed studies that have been published to date across a variety of different areas. You know, typically it's in the sort of the smaller levels. So the increase in circulation, the tissue oxygen level increases, that kind of thing, as opposed to the applied outcome. And sorry, I, I waffled a bit there. I went on a bit. No, no, that's good. That's good. You just mentioned there about some of the future areas 
um, of research that'll be released. But is there anything else that maybe you've not tapped into yet that you're definitely keen to um, have a look at? So one of the areas that I'm most interested in, which is some of the ongoing research that's being done with the uh, University of Loughborough. Um, so the, the core foundation of that research block is looking into the chronic adaptive processes and how they change when uh, exposed to infrared light. Specifically within that, the bit that's kind of got me most interested is we know about the analgesic benefits of when you're wearing or you're exposed to infrared, whether it's in a sauna or you're wearing a, a kit. And you know, I mentioned at the top of the call that um, those are related to the production of nitric oxide. But nitric oxide has got a really short half-life. So once you take the stimuli away, whether it's taking the our products off or you've stepped out of the sauna, whatever your IR source is, um, there is a post-exposure benefit. But once you've kind of gone through your washout period, which is going to be, you know, a couple of hours, two, three hours at most, um, you would expect that the muscle soreness would return to the expected baseline levels for that individual athlete. And what we see is that they don't, they stay reduced. So one of the things that we're, we're exploring as part of that research block is testing the hypothesis of whether the actual cause of that soreness, i.e. the exercise-induced muscle damage, is being reduced by wearing it in a performance setting. Now, at this point, I don't know if it will or won't be. I'm pretty sure the study's just got ethics approved, so we'll be starting some of those trials uh, imminently. Um, but, you know, that would be really cool because it's kind of going counter to kind of human phase 101, whereby you're causing exercise-induced muscle damage and then through the way that the muscle then heals and adapts from that, you know, you get bigger, leaner, stronger, whatever it is that you're you're training for. Um, if we see the acceleration of that chronic adaption, which we do, but we're achieving it in a slightly different way, is that more efficient? Is that more effective? Um, so that's something that I'm personally really interested in because that would be, you know, that would be really cool from an academic standpoint. And then that would be another five, 10 years worth of research for us to then go and you know, explore even further. Brilliant. So I thought I'd just wrap us up with um, getting your perspective on, obviously the, the obvious answer to this is the Chimera and investing in Chimera. But if, if you could leave our listeners with one little bit of advice in terms of utilising infrared technology, if they couldn't get Chimera, if, if they could, then great. Um, but if they couldn't, is there anything that you'd say in terms of a recommendation? So, I mean, I think the first step, irrespective of us, is do it. You know, there is enough clinical data, anecdotal data, you know, out there to suggest, you know, it, it's really beneficial. If you're not going to look into us specifically and you're looking at other forms of infrared, the biggest things that I would be encouraging for selection of applying infrared in a given setting is going to be your ease of use, your convenience factor. And then the ability to be using it over a long extended duration of time. Because again, as we discussed a bit earlier, it's not just about helping that athlete when they're in facility. Giving the benefit for the athlete across that extended duration is going to make so much of a compounding benefit rather than, say, the isolated while you've got them in, in facility. So applications that they can use at home, applications they can use when they're on the road you know those are the things and that's very much where that kind of transportability convenience factor like you know you guys work with hydro and again that's another sort of modality where you have that ease of use that convenience you take it anywhere with the team or the athlete goes like for me that's a really big selection criteria because that in the benefit is extended Brilliant. Tim, if people want to check out the work that Camera are doing, or if you've got any links or anything you'd like to share, where would you direct people to go? So the main website is chimera.com. That's K-Y-M-I-R-A.com. 
Um, and for those that are interested right now, we have sort of an offer whereby we'll do a, a two athlete kind of free of charge trial for you to get your hands on some Chimera or two coaches indeed, and actually put, put the product to the test and see how it works within your given setting. So get in touch with us and uh, we'd love to uh, talk with anybody that's interested. Brilliant. How do they claim that offer to? Uh, so they can reach out to us through the website, you know, in, in the contact areas and uh, they'll they'll get through to the, uh, the appropriate people within the team to then go and uh, sort them out. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. And yeah, thank, thank you, you very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Big, big thank you to Tim for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate him giving up his time. In terms of takeaways on this one, I think it's, obviously we do a lot of work with Hytro and I know Tim mentioned Hytro in the podcast as well, but all this kit around recovery, um, I think it's all coming back to to similar um, accessibility for players. It's got to be easy, it's got to be quick, it's got to fit into their routine and it's obviously what brilliant companies like Chimera and Hydro are doing so well. Um, it's becoming pretty seamless for players to get recovery strategies in. They're literally putting a, some clothing on like they would normally, but getting extra benefits from that too. So that, that was the first thing in terms of sort of flexibility um, within the kit and getting the adherence up, getting the adherence up on these recovery strategies. I know there'll be a lot of practitioners out there fighting to get certain protocols into players. Um, maybe some are easier than others to actually get that into the player's routine. But something like this could be well worth looking into because it is literally simply getting an item of clothing on the player. And then also, um, like Tim mentioned, optimizing the time away from the training ground. So players can be wearing this sort of stuff away from training, essentially getting benefits when they're not even at the training ground, doing whatever they're doing throughout the day. Um, so they're constantly working on the recovery even when they're not at the training ground and not even thinking about it. So that that's some really key takeaways from the episode with Tim and obviously Chimera doing some brilliant work as well. So make sure you, you go and check them out. That's Chimera.com. Check out the website. That's K-Y-M-I-R-A.com. So make sure you go and check them out. And then also go and check out our sponsors, Some doing some brilliant work, Hytro, Rezzle, and also the Good Prep. Make sure to go and give them a follow on socials. We've got some really cool episodes coming up over the next few weeks, and we are going to be doing a few, like I mentioned in previous podcasts. Jordan and I will be jumping on a few episodes, um, just the two of us, to have a little bit of a chat around a few topics, a bit more of a relaxed um, version of the podcast. We are going to be keeping the guests coming every single week, but you're going to get a few bonus episodes from Jordan and I just having a little chat about a few things that are current and maybe on our minds as well so another one of those episodes will be coming up very soon so make sure you keep an eye out for that as i mentioned at the start please leave us a review if you've not done it already i want to try and get those reviews up and i really would appreciate that and again thank you very much for listening and i'll speak to you again next week in episode 262